Consider these words spoken by St. Clair, one of the first followers of St. Francis. We become what we love, and who we love shapes what we become. So what does love and becoming have to do with the gospel we are given today, full of such violence and chaos? And why would we embrace another story of seeming chaos and immorality at a time as precarious as this? Well, it has something to do with the love of God, and the love of God is what birthed us into this world for this present moment. Imagine again this scene. Jesus is talking with the religious elite as his passion is drawing closer. He's telling another one of these bizarre tales of the kingdom of God. They want to know the bottom line, who's in, who's out. The parable goes like this. A man plants a vineyard and leases it to tenants who should care for the grapes and return them. When the harvest time comes, he sends his servants to collect the grapes, but the tenants beat one kill another, and stone another. He tries again, sending more of his servants, but the same result. The tenants seem possessed by a violent force. They do not want to produce the grapes to the landowner. As a last resort, the landowner even sends his son, convinced that this time they'll get it. But all the tenants want is his money, his inheritance. They lust over that money, that power. They look at the landowner's son and can only see his body as an object to be overcome. They seize him and kill him, removing his body as that obstacle to live as lavishly as they please with no accountability. Jesus then poses the question to the religious leaders. Well, what happens next? When Jesus tells this story to the religious elite, the people who know the rules, know what kind of moral lives they are called to, they know this story is horrifying. They know the landowner will not settle for this that the landowner is righteous and will set things right and will give the vineyard to those who produce the fruits. Jesus gives them a knowing look, a so what look, a gaze that says this story is not just any story. This story is a mirror. This is a parable about accountability for the kinds of lives we live right here and right now. The fruits that we show in our lives matter because the fruits show whether we really believe in the kingdom of God or not. In that vineyard is everything that has ever happened to you. Everything that you have ever said or done for good or ill. And what is also in that vineyard is a God whose kingdom finds no one to be a waste, no one to be disposable. A God who knows that the soil, the grapes, the people are sacred, 
enchanted even, full of worth and dignity. These are good gifts, not competitors in a fight to survive. Jesus, in telling this parable of the vineyard, is revealing who God is. God is a just judge who really can be trusted to condemn what is evil and to celebrate what is good. God condemns what is evil and celebrates what is good. The problem comes when we lose our way. We lose our way when we can't see the ecologies that make our lives possible. We can't find our deep sense of belonging to one another. This is a parable about a God who is deep belonging, whose love cannot be corrupted, who sees each one of us as a gift to be treasured, and every single part of creation as a site of divine enjoyment that deserves to be treated like a sacrament with care and fierce devotion. Learning to be fiercely devoted, fiercely devoted to affirming the dignity of all creation, is the work Christians are called to do while we live among the fragments. We are not yet the kingdom of God, and we know how that feels. We know well the limits and failures in ourselves and in our world. We know the agony of waiting by the phone for a call from the hospital, the horror of seeing thousands die alone, the misery of endless days of isolation, not knowing when we will see the people we miss off screen, the rage in hearing one more unjust verdict, the despair of gazing into a sky clouded with smoke, and yet we also know what it feels like to taste the fruits of the kingdom of God, the radiance of hearing a word of truth and righteousness, the relief of looking into someone's eyes who really sees you, the sight of the hungry being fed and the naked being clothed and the widows and orphans being cared for, the delight of hearing birds chirping happily at sunrise. We live our lives amidst these fragments, fragments that summon us to a more fierce devotion. Something that Rob has said again and again during these last few months is that there is a difference between being broken, just being constantly beat down with no hope or redemption, there is a difference between that kind of breaking and the breaking of being broken open. If you feel like you cannot live with any more injustice, if you feel like you can no longer bear the threats and violence and deception, whether it is coming from inside your own heart or from the world you see around you, if you have felt tired or lost, it may well be because there is divine love in you. Pay attention to what bothers you because that might point you to who or what you really love.
Divine love is no stoic experience. Only love gets disturbed when the beloved is violated. Only love is bothered and furious and pained for the brokenness of the beloved. To become a Christian is, in one sense, to be continually possessed by the love of a God who will not let any part of creation go, who longs to redeem us, who desires us to experience divine love flowing through us, sobering love that will open us up to celebrate the goodness and condemn the evil we find in our lives, in our homes, in our church, and in our world. The community that yearns for that divine love together is called the body of Christ. What a Swiss theologian once described as being both beautiful and marred, both beautiful and marred. We have the courage to face the brokenness of our lives, of our world, the brokenness of systems of oppression that reward greed and murder, that steal and destroy lives. We can confront that with boldness because we are a people who do not have to fear brokenness. Because Christ has defeated death, we can without fear confront the forces of death in our hearts and in our worlds. All of those sources of oppression that seek to beat and kill and stone the servants and the landowner's son in our day have been defeated by God's son who died for us even though we killed him. Every time we come to the altar, we can glimpse our brokenness without being overwhelmed because every fragment has been and is being and will fully be redeemed in the broken body of our Lord. God's own body broken open for the transformation of ordinary creatures like us, broken open for all who have been rejected and humiliated and isolated, broken open for all who, like the prophet Isaiah, expected justice but saw bloodshed. All of that brokenness finally, incredibly, beautifully broken open and redeemed in God's own beautiful and marred flesh. God's love song for the vineyard, God's love song for all creation, at this present moment can be summed up in just one sentence. This is my body broken for you. The work that we Christians have to do until all of the fragments are gathered together and the kingdom of complete justice and mercy arrives in its fullness is to become what we behold in that body. That becoming what we behold, or a bit more vibrantly as St. Clair said it, 
that becoming what we love, it is the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Amen.